Good morning. I'm Jack Hishma's dad. It's good to have you here on day 40 of a 40-day experience for all of us to grow deeper and wider in our understanding and our love for God, His Word, and people. A vision has been shared. You've been called to it. The Holy Spirit has has, uh, stirred in your heart and you responded. And you responded through filling out that commitment card. And we're going to celebrate what God has done in and around us and through us at the end of our service today. We're going to look at the scriptures and realize that celebration is God's idea. Did you realize that? It's the will of God for us. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18, he says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Did you realize that? Celebration is God's idea. And it's not just a New Testament idea. It's an Old Testament idea. God structured uh, Israel's calendar and the children of Israel's calendar around six major uh, festivals or, or feasts each year. There was actually a seventh one, and that was to take place every week. It's called the Sabbath, where you step aside from your work to focus on the, the greatness and the goodness and the wonder of who God is through worship. And uh, the New Testament celebrated on the first day of the week, which is commemorated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So this is God's idea. And I want to take you back now into the Old Testament to show you uh, one of the greatest moments of celebration in Israel's history. It's found in First Chronicles chapter 29. It's in the Old Testament, so flip all the way back there to 1 Chronicles chapter 29. And as you're doing that, let me give you a little bit of background and context to this passage. David had the vision for building God a temple, and God gave him the go-ahead. And so he prepared his son Solomon to actually build it. But to prepare for all the building plans, he worked out the plan and he worked out all the offering for the resources for the temple. In First Chronicles 29, uh, he gives out of his, uh, out of the treasury of Israel, and then he moves to his even personal possessions, and he gives out of that. Then he calls all the leaders of Israel. You guys give, and you show it. And it was an interesting environment. Catch this. They didn't have checks, and they didn't have little commitment cards. They actually had belongings. They had talents of silver and gold, and uh, just incredible amounts of wealth that was being offered in physical. It was like, you know, they didn't have, you know, he just kind of hauled it in and laid it down. And uh, it was an incredible moment of generosity. Uh, today marks a defining moment for us. Did you realize that? As we give out of what God has given us to expand the word of Jesus in Topeka and around the world, what we give today will change tomorrow. This in itself is a legacy that we're leaving to our in our generation that will affect future generations who call upon the name of the Lord in this place. And so 1 Chronicles 29 shows us the attitude in which they gave. And we want to connect to this attitude because as we celebrate today, this is how we want to celebrate. In verse 9, it gives us a picture to the attitude of Israel when they gave, when they gave. It says this, then the people rejoiced because they had given willingly for with a whole heart they had offered freely to the Lord. 
David the king also rejoiced greatly. Now look at that passage. Look at that verse. There's three words, I have three phrases I want to focus on their attitude. First of all, they gave willingly. Secondly, they offered, I mean, they gave wholeheartedly. And thirdly, they offered freely. These three things kind of give us the picture of how we're to celebrate. And, and it gives us a picture of the attitude of our minds, our hearts, and our hands. Let's look at them in, in specifics. They gave willingly. This means without compulsion. The best celebrations I've been a part of have been celebrations where it just comes out of my mind. I'm going to celebrate. They aren't things where people say, celebrate now, dock on it. You know, they aren't that command. They, they flow willingly. And they gave willingly without compulsion. Guilt and shame were not there. It was a willing response. When you give to the Lord, we're to do so willingly. Secondly, that's a, by the way, that's a, that's a, that's a position of your mind that you, you make the, an action of your will from your mind. And then they gave wholeheartedly. This means without reservation. This means that those who were giving did not do, do they, they did so without counting the cost or without considering it a loss. So many times when we give, we kind of think, what's it going to cost me? That's not the right attitude to have in your heart. The right attitude is that you go, wow, this is just an overflow. Of course I'll give. It's an, it's an attitude of your heart that, that is a joyful overflow of the heart. Half-hearted giving, it loses joy. And you know, when you come upon a kind of a defining moment like this and you pre, you hear a vision or something, I know it's tempting to go, what's it going to cost to us? And it's going to be, it's kind of going to, you kind of view it as, is what do I have to give up? What do I lose? And really the whole picture of the, of the Israelites here was, look who God is. Of course he deserves this. It was wholehearted response. And then it was with their hands. It was freely. That means without obligation. No strings were attached to this offering. And, and that kind of challenges us all that we give not to get from God, but we give freely without expecting God to do this or that for us. We give it without strings attached. One of the beauty uh, of, of ShareFest is that we don't send a bill to 501 schools. Okay? We give that willingly. And we gave thousands of dollars and thousands of person hours to serving without strings attached. That it can be give, given freely. Freely. That's a blessing. We can't pay for God's grace. And that's why we realize it's more blessed to, re- to, to give than to receive. Now, think about these three attitudes. Think about the times where you celebrated in your lives. You celebrated with these th- three things. Think about the day you got married. When you get married or when you're planning to get married, you want to do that willingly. You want to do that wholeheartedly. You want to do that freely. You don't, you don't see in most of the weddings I'm a part of, you know, the girl's father walking her down with a gun behind her, you know, get married to this guy. It's something she does willingly. It's not something where the guy sits up here and goes, yeah, that woman's beautiful and that woman's beautiful, but I think I'll settle for her. No, you don't have that. He goes, I I commit to you and you alone. The two become one. It's a wholehearted celebration and it's freely. That's why you make statements that say for better 
or worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. You make that kind of vow because you say, whatever happens, I freely give myself to you. That's what marriage is. It's a commitment to love willingly, wholeheartedly and freely. So the scriptures call us that this is our attitude in which we're to give. And that's what we want to do. When we give in just a few moments, we want to do that willingly, wholeheartedly, and freely. I don't know what God has done in your lives up to this point. But whatever he's done, commit your attitude, commit your mind, your heart, and your hands to give willingly, wholeheartedly, and freely. Why? Why do we celebrate? And what do we celebrate when we celebrate? Well, that's what the rest of this passage is going to teach us. And so let's look at this. David directed those who gave generously that day to celebrate and to celebrate four key things that this passage brings out. The first one is the greatness of God. Look at verse 10. He says, therefore, David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. And David said, blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Now, look at what he says about the greatness of God. He gives out the scriptures that you're the father of Israel, both now and forever, even before us, you are the, you are our father. You are greatness, power, glory, victory, majesty. See, in David's dictionary, when it came to, to those words, God was the description. God was great. And because of the greatness of God, they celebrated. And because God is great, you celebrate. You are over all. He's great. He's over. You make that statement in celebration. That means he's over my life. He's over my wife. He's over my children. He's over my job. He's over my income. He's over my possessions. He's over my future, my health, my mind, my body, my potential. God is over all of it. And you make that statement through celebration. When you celebrate the greatness of God, you step away from yourself. See, there's this fascination with with your looks or with your success or with your image or with your progress in life. And when we celebrate, we say, it's not about me. It's about God. And we celebrate the greatness of God. That's why Jesus made the statement about John the Baptist when John said, he must become greater. I must become less. That's the whole picture of the Christian life. God becomes greater and greater and greater in your life. That's why these 40-day processes have been growing deeper and wider in God's greatness in our lives. So we need to discipline our lives to step down from ourselves to proclaim God's greatness. And when you celebrate, you do that. Secondly, you celebrate the goodness of God. Let's look at verse 12. He says, both riches and honor come from you and you rule over all in your hand are power and might. And in your hand is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and we praise your glorious name. He says that God is good. Look at this picture. There's two items of the goodness of God that that everybody wants. 
They're riches and honor. Riches and respect. To be rich and to be respected. Where, where do these things come from? They come from God. David says that. God is the one who gives all things to us. He says, your heavenly father, he's given you both through Jesus Christ. That's why Paul writes in Philippians 4.19, he says, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And so when you celebrate the goodness of God, you step away from discontent. Now, you, you forget about the goodness of God or you question the goodness of God in your life and you step back into discontent. That's what happens. If you don't count the blessings of God in your life and you don't see him as good, you're going to question it. You're going to go, why isn't God doing this? Why am I not here? Why? That's the step down that we have to make through celebration. So let's celebrate the goodness of God in our lives. God gave us a vision for his goodness in Topeka. How will they know that God is good when all they see is brokenness and darkness? How will people know and believe in the good news of Jesus Christ if all the world believes that it has to be worked for, it has to be earned? Well, you show the good news of Jesus Christ when you proclaim the gospel. And when you proclaim the gospel, you're actually celebrating the good news, the goodness of God. David continues and he celebrates the grace of God. Look at verse 14. He says, but who am I and what is my people that we should be able to give this willingly for all things come from you and of your own have we been, have we given you for we are strangers before you and sojourners as all our fathers were. Our days on earth are like a shadow and there's no abiding. Oh, Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and it is all your own. Let's just pause there. He's looking at the grace of God. David was even taken back. Think about this massive heap of possessions that people generously donated to the building of the temple. And they did it willingly, wholeheartedly and freely. He was taken back and he goes, who am I? Who am I and what are these people? He knew the people that they should be able to give so generously as this. They realized that everything they had came from the hand of God, that they own nothing. God's the owner of everything. And when you give and celebration, that's what you're saying. It's about the grace of God. They even went back into their own lineage. We're just sojourners here. We're wanderers. We don't have homes. We're kind of wandering around. And yet you grabbed us and you took us. And because of your grace, look at what we're doing today. They, they were so, they even connected back with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob to this is how it's supposed to be as your people. We're responding as you've called us to be. And when you follow and when you celebrate the grace of God, you can step away from works. Let's step away from works and let's celebrate grace. Let's not bolster our own image on our own accomplishments that resolved in, resolved in, you know, self-glory or self-righteousness. Let's fall on grace and keep the ground level at the cross. None of us deserve this, but all of us can have it when we call upon the name of the Lord. Celebrate grace. Let us give God's gospel of grace to others. 
So let's celebrate that. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the promise of God. And it's all because of his grace. And we give and we celebrate because of God's grace. We also celebrate, David instructs us to celebrate the guidance of God in our lives. Let's look at verse 17. He says, I know, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. Well, in the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered all these things. And now I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts toward you. Grant Solomon, my son, a whole heart that he may keep your commandments, your testimonies, your statutes, performing all that he may build the palace for which I have made provision. You see, when you step, when you celebrate the guidance of God in your life, you step away from the self-directed life. Look at what he mentions here. He talks about them. Everyone here who's giving, keep their hearts guided by you. Direct them. That's what he's calling them. How do you celebrate the guidance of God? You obey God. That's how you celebrate him. You obey him. That's why joy is always the result of obedience when you follow him. And, and David was saying, we're following you. Now continue to direct us, guide us, these people here. And then he even talked about future generations. He goes, my son Solomon right here. May he have a whole heart to you. May he be directed by you. That's what we need to do in celebration of the guidance of God. You know, it's easy in this world. See, we're lost. We're lost in this world. Without God, we're tossed to and fro in the ocean of doubt and disbelief. But with God, we have life and we have a light and a way to follow that leads to life and away from destruction. We need to celebrate the guidance of God by willingly following his purposes and his commands for us. You see, if you see this just as a religion with rules, and you do not see the relationship that God wants for us, we're not going to celebrate his guidance. We're going to try to make our life and just try to manage sin so we don't look that bad. But with the guidance of God, when we celebrate the guidance of God, that we have, well, Jesus is leading us here to this place, then we can celebrate it and we can follow him with a full heart. And think about this, folks. Think about future generations who will be blessed by what is given here. See, it's more than a church building. It's about people here and around the world. So let's celebrate that we get to be a part of what God is doing now and doing in the future through the lives of people. And it's so, it's because of God's greatness, his goodness, his grace, and his guidance that we give willingly wholeheartedly and freely. Now we're going to give our offering and I'm going to encourage you as you give that offering and as you put in your card to really think and pray as we do this for a a willing heart, celebrate that a whole heart and a free hands that, that would give this to the Lord. 
And would you celebrate the greatness and the goodness, the grace and the guidance of God as we do this? We're going to hear a uh, video from one of our elders named Alan Wynn. Alan has been with us since the start. He was start, uh, you know, beginning 17 years ago at Fellowship Bible Church. He's going to share his experience with you. And uh, he's requested that we do it on video because some of the things that have happened in his life, he still gets choked up about. And he didn't want to do that for four services. So we videoed him and you'll be moved by this. But after Alan shares this and then and then prays, we're going to play. Uh, we're going to we're going to sing a song and uh, the offering is going to be passed. And we're going to place that offering on this table. And then we're going to have a defining moment where we kneel in prayer and dedicate what God has done and celebrate his greatness, his goodness, his grace, and his guidance here at Fellowship Bible Church. Listen to Alan as he shares what God is doing in his life. I'm Alan Wynn, and along with my wife Cindy Wynn and our two oldest sons, Jeremy and Ryan, we had the joy and the privilege of being part of the first group that uh, planted uh, Fellowship Bible Church here on the west side of Topeka back in September of 1996. In 1999 and 2000, we had the joy and the privilege of adopting our two youngest children, Shannon and Stephen. So we were a growing family, the Wynn family at that time, but we also were seeing Fellowship Bible Church, our church family, continuing to grow as well. In the spring of 2000, uh, we had uh, sought God and, and looked to the body uh, to contribute for uh, funds to build our first uh, permanent building. And again, in the spring of 2000, that uh, was ready to move into at 17th and Indian Hills. And what a joy that was to have our own place to stop moving nursery supplies and, and sound equipment in and out of an old trailer. Uh, God continued to grow our body there, and as most of us know, this present facility uh, was completed in 2007 after 140-some families uh, from 2005 to 2007 were called upon and uh, were willing to contribute to uh, the uh, building funds for this, this building right here. Uh, we were overjoyed to be able to move in to this place uh, in 2007. And as we all know, God has continued to bless us with, uh, with uh, growth here as we have tried to faithfully uh, proclaim Christ, to teach and preach the Word of God, to love others, uh, to serve them, to, to meet their needs through small groups, through uh, prayer groups, uh, Bible studies, etc. Cindy and I, uh, as, as our, our own family, went through some times of intense suffering uh, beginning in 2005 when Cindy was diagnosed with a very serious form of ovarian cancer. Her prognosis was not good. I remember the pathologist looking at me uh, shortly after she was diagnosed and just saying, Alan, this, this isn't good. Cindy may not do well. And it was, <laughs> it was at those times that we really felt the body of Christ coming to uh, our, our help, our support, and um, we knew that um, by them putting their arms around us, serving us, loving us, helping take care of our kids, um, bringing us meals and, and mowing our lawn and all of that, that we were so loved and supported. God had um, allowed us to serve others in those ways in previous years, but it was really um, at a time like that that we knew 
uh, his love and his care, and uh, we were so uh, privileged to be part of this body. It was two years later that I had a major car accident and nearly lost my life and um, uh, was uh, flown by helicopter to KU Med Center and um, uh, was at times not expected to survive that. I was on a ventilator for eight days. I was in the hospital for several weeks and uh, my chest was crushed, uh, broke nearly all my ribs, not just cracked, but really broken uh, way apart. Both lungs collapsed, several vertebrae broken. Uh, I have metal rods in my spine to this day, and uh, it was a very long recovery. Uh, it took about a year for me to get back to work, and even that, the surgeons didn't expect me to, uh, probably ever to be able to return to work. So we've seen God's miraculous hand of healing, of health, of restoration in our lives in very practical ways. We've also seen the, the, <clears throat> the body of Christ here at FBC really put their arms around us. And we have since then uh, and before tried to love others um, the whole while and to share the love of Christ with the body in every practical way that we know how. He's done that certainly for us. We've known his love. Um, as we talk about wrapping up the deep and wide uh, uh, campaign here, the six-week series, we look to celebrating what God has done in the past, certainly uh, providing eternal life through His Son, Jesus Christ, uh, paying the penalty for our sins. That's the gospel that we proclaim here uh, every Saturday and Sunday in one form of an, or another. We want to be able to continue to have you plus two, you plus two others, family, co-workers, be able to be invited on weekends and to hear the gospel and uh, to see others come to a saving knowledge of Christ uh, as their Savior and Lord. And so that's growing wider. We want people to grow deeper in understanding His Word through Bible study, through prayer and small groups and fellowship. And uh, so we're celebrating what He's done, what He's doing right now, and what we trust He will continue to do in the future. Our challenge, our problem, so to speak, now is growth. And again, as we continue to grow 150 to 200 people per year, uh, this is where we have discerned God is wanting us to, uh, to head, and that is to uh, a larger facility so that we can have chairs for the people that you and I are, are likely going to be inviting here. We want everyone to be inviting more people here. Let's go to him in prayer. Father, we thank you for this time together, this weekend. Father, we thank you for uh, the joy and privilege of being part of your body. We are so undeserving. We thank you that, that uh, we as believers, your children, have received the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that you desire for none to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Father, you tell us that you want um, all to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Father, would you um, use each and every one of us in very practical ways right here and now to make a commitment to be part of the deep and wide expansion, Father. Um, for those of us that haven't yet made a commitment or filled out a commitment card, would you allow uh, those, those folks to do that today? Today is uh, the last day that we're, we're asking folks, if they've not done it, to fill out their card, to drop it here or leave it off 
uh, at, at the building here or to go online and to fill out uh, the form there, Father. I, Cindy and I did that. It's very quick and simple to do. Father, would you communicate to the leadership here, the pastors, the elders, where you want us to head? We believe it is in this new direction, Father, of a larger facility, the expansion for uh, uh, where we can have others come and have uh, chairs and places to sit and to hear truth, to hear uh, the gospel preached and proclaimed, Father. We celebrate what you've done, Father. We celebrate what uh, you are doing now through your local body, uh, through the church worldwide, but uh, really here at Fellowship Bible Church, what a privilege it is to be a part of your work. And, Father, we, uh, we come before you asking and begging you for us to, uh, uh, to obey you, to honor you, to serve you in whatever it is you want to do through here uh, at, at Fellowship Bible Church in terms of uh, accommodating the numbers, the growth, Father. Please accomplish that. Father, help us to understand the brevity of time and the magnitude of eternity. Uh, would you use each and every one of us, Father, to be a part of your work? Thank you, Father, uh, for your Son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. As the ushers come forward, let's just take time to bless the Lord together.